and welcome to UX Podcast. And it's uh, the Link Show, the June show of summer 2012. I'm, uh, Is it? No. We're still going to do these all through the summer, aren't we? Of course we are. All right. The June show. It's one of the June shows. One of the, one of the June shows. <laughs> we had one this June. <laughs> You're listening to me, Pat Axbom. <laughs> and me, James Roy Lawson. And it's the 19th of June. Oh, we're in Stockholm. Just to yeah. kind of, oh, know, of course. put some order on of all Of course, this. of course. Yeah. We'll have time for one more. And we're talking about, you, know, you, um, you said fair before we started, it's been the um, rainiest June on record here in Stockholm yeah. so far, and we're only in the 19th. Yeah. So Sun's shining right now, though. It is. Mm. And um, it also had the coldest um, weekend at the beginning of June for like 70 odd years or something. Which, oh, caused, yeah, wow. which caused havoc in my vegetable mm. patch. My veg- I lost some beetroot and I lost, lost some fennel. Mm. In your vegetable patch that has a grid. I, it, yeah, it's, gri- it's grid-based. Well, wow. I, um, I, I have it in columns. Um, <laughs> I have a number of columns. I think it's like seven or eight columns. Okay. I did it with string. Planted yeah. with string in the beginning yeah. last year. Um, but this year I, I did away with the string. But I, I introduced a header. So I have beetroot right. now as a header. So coming up in another show, James <laughs> will be talking about responsive vegetable patches. Yeah, and geek gardening. Mm. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so what are we on about today? Uh, we don't have a guest today, so it's actually what we call a link show, yep. where we discuss uh, three articles uh, online and uh, tear them apart. <laughs> tear them apart? Are we, when it comes to the Jacob Nielsen ones, uh, yes. We always um, tear Jacob apart. Once, once like, the show. It's yeah. like he almost writes these for us. He never used to. <laughs> I used, to, I, used I, to, I used to love it. But, but I, I, I think your theory is right that somebody else is writing f- them for him, probably. There's, there's something like that. There's, yeah. there's an inconsistency there now that never used to exist. Anyhow, we're not starting with mm. the alert box. So one. today we're talking about, we're talking about alt, uh, alt attributes, uh, viewport size, which is Jacob, and enterprise search. But let's kick off with the alt tag or the alt attribute. Mm. This was an article that I, I saw this morning, actually. Um, written by um, Joe Dolson, um, who um, discovered or saw that um, of the 100 most common validation errors collected by um, W3C, um, uh, missing alt attribute is number one. Mm. It's the most common validation error. Um, we've almost double the occurrences of um, mm. the next most common. Mm. And this um, makes you wonder, I mean, what's going on in the world? Yeah. I mean, it's are, like, are people it's not 2012, It's 2012, and the key mistakes in HTML seem to remain the yeah. same. He's right in there. And everybody's moving into CMS uh, tools, and the CMS tools and developers, I mean, shouldn't they know what, what that alt tags should always be there? I mean, it's something I've, I've been nagging. I remember mm. the first, basically, the, the first time I was a buyer mm. with a, an agency delivering a site to me. Mm. And this is the kind of crap I was, I was nagging about 12 years ago yeah. and saying, well, come on, you can't put this in. And you, mm. you've, you've heard all the arguments, oh, well, mm. you know, there's no need. And you, you, you argue back mm. saying, oh, well, accessibility and think about this, think about these people and so on. Oh, you, you get tired of hearing yourself talk yeah. about it. And it's so simple. This article talks about, it gives an example about, you know, how easy it is and, and you know, the thought process about when you should put it in mm. and what you should put in there. Yeah. Um, okay, we can't blame the, the developers for everything here. Because mm. not every image on a page is put in there by the, the original developer. Oh, sure. sure. We've got the editors, we've got, got the web editors, editors yeah. and writers as well. Absolutely, but I mean, responsibility, but they're supposed to be educated as well. Uh, and, and I mean, this is also like a point I always make when I, I do talks nowadays. Is I, I still meet a lot of people, and when I tell them that blind people use the web, they're surprised. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. you, you, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, it totally amazes me because, <laughs> I mean. Since we, since I mean, 
we talk, I've been talking and doing accessibility talks since 99, yeah. basically. And it's the same stuff. And I go mm -hmm. to conferences and listen to other people talk about it. We were saying the same thing over mm -hmm. and over again. And we're trying to move ahead and move along with the web. But still, people are making the same rookie mistakes all over. And apparently, mm -hmm. in a huge amount, in a huge way as well. Uh, uh, I don't know what, <laughs> what we should do about this. Oh, things, what, another, there are um, tiny things that come up. And like you were mentioning when we were talking before, James, is that uh, one of these things that always comes up in all discussions, and you had it yesterday, or, or today I had it, it this morning, or today, yeah. uh, should we open a link in a new window or not? Yeah. Um, Come on, people, stop talking about it. not. Do not open the link in a new window yeah. because people will lose track of where yeah. they are. I got arguments all the time about it. I mean, the, the only time, yeah. what we're seeing now is that if, you, if you're running a service, mm -hmm like Gmail or mm. Facebook or something, then they've basically decided that people expect you to open up in new windows. And that's what they all do. Mm -hmm. Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, all those ones do that. Yeah. I'm not completely convinced I agree with them. No. Um, I think it should be down to browser settings and, and user choice. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I should be controlling that. I think we'll, yeah, you're right. It's always, it always comes up. Um, and another part of this article, it says later on, um, um, ignorance is still the primary f um, guiding factor in casual web development. Um, I'm not sure I completely agree with the casual <laughs> in that. Um, when people are exercising barely learned skills, they tend to go in the direction of the simplest possible set of instructions, leaving out any portion that doesn't seem to have any impact. Mm. Uh, I completely agree, apart from I dropped the word casual and um, the bit about um, exercising barely learned skills, because mm. I think far too often we're well we're almost always on the cutting edge we're going yeah. forward so quick we've we've had podcasts about mm. the the speed of which we're going forward mm. and and you know just look at responsive web design how mm. how that's gone just in the length of this podcast which has been going a year mm. we've gone from it being a, a, a unknown um new topic yeah to being something that we've loved yeah to be something now that i'm I'm much more cynical about. Yeah, same here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's yeah. the kind of the darling of the year, and mm -hmm. and everyone are putting, everyone's mm -hmm. putting aside money to develop um, responsive solutions and so on. But yeah, we're going so quick, so I I, I don't agree. It's the just the casual, and I don't agree. It's um, just no, highly learned skills. People being it's, lazy as well. Yeah, it's, it's laziness, mm -hmm. and and um, you touched upon um, um, the point of people, I developers or IT guys or whatever, mm -hmm. they're getting delivered specifications or they're part yeah. of a, a scrum or something, and it's their it's their job to to do what they've been told. Mm. Exactly. And also, you can put a policy in place that it's supposed to be accessible, but people don't read the policy, or they actually don't believe the policy because they don't have any <laughs> experience. They haven't come across or witnessed the, seen types, the, evidence. The, yeah, the types of problems that real people or real users are having. Mm. So uh, in response to a similar question on Facebook today, I answered that what we really need is a cultural change where we actually need to make people have more empathy for real users mm. by actually involving people in testing regularly, like t every two or four weeks, bringing, pe bringing people in from the outside to actually watch, uh, watch and, and learn uh, how people react to the system. Yeah. And, and, and record and make videos and spread those throughout the organization and make people understand that mm. real users are having real problems. Yeah. It's show, show and tell and also pure stubbornness. Mm. I mean, we've been nagging about this for 12 plus years. Um, and I'm still nagging about it. Mm. Um, I'd like to think we are making a difference over the long run. Um, <laughs> I'd like to think that. Um, but you're right, the, the more evidence you've got, the better. I mean, I, I, the, the um, example I used this morning about um, Windows opening links in your Windows, I'd said about the time I'd done user testing and seen mm. someone running a full screen browser and they clicked on the link that opened up in a new window yeah. and they, had, they just didn't notice that 
another browser window that opens. Exactly, and what I heard is that Windows 8 is actually going to be that by default, full mm. screen browsing. Yeah. So another reason to just don't do it. I mean, imagine on the iPad, people don't even know how to switch tabs on the yeah. iPad, usually, or on the iPhone. So what happens is that you totally lose them. They can't use the back button, and they just give up. Yeah. Then you've got the white, oh, but I don't want them to leave our site, is what you hear from yeah, exactly. site owners. And, um, oh, they won't. They'll come back. If you've got good enough stuff on your site, then they'll mm. do yeah, then don't make a crap site. Yeah. <laughs> make it important to them. They'll okay. still come back. Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, okay. so no, but finishing off that, I want to finish yeah. off. Um, okay. but responsible web development. Yes. Uh, you know, we talk an awful lot about responsive web design. Um, I think we, I mean, you coined on um, chat the other day. Yeah. Res- responsible. Which I wrote web by mistake. Design. <laughs> yeah. Responsible. So that you, you know, rather than that, we have to take some responsibility in all this. We have to, you know. Not just ignore standards or ignore policies yeah. or you know um, take the shortcut all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if we don't do quality stuff, then you know we're not going to we're not going to go forward on this. We're not going to make we're not going to make websites properly accessible to mm-hmm. to everyone, or we're not going to reduce mm-hmm. long term development costs mm-hmm. because we follow standards. Exactly. Because we haven't followed the standards. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, empathy is a lot of the key there. Actually, mm-hmm. understanding that there are real people. Mm-hmm. And you, you're designing something for them, mm. uh, not in spite of them. Uh, which brings us now very, we can move on. Very cute nice jingle. Cute jingle. <laughs> it brings us very nicely to uh, the alert box from Jacob Nielsen from uh, May May seven. Uh, computer screens getting bigger, and basically what he's saying is he's showing a lot of statistics about the evolution of screen sizes uh, from 99 to 2012 and showing that uh, screen sizers uh, or basically monitors are, are getting bigger. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, he, he excludes mobile yeah. devices quite quickly in the beginning. Yeah, and yeah. In, in, in some sense coming to a conclusion where he's saying that it's okay to design for bigger screen sizes now. It's more than a conclusion. He actually alters his recommendation. Mm. His old recommendation was um, to make your website look its best at um, 1024 times mm. 768 pixels um, and his new guideline is um, and he put this a bit in bold mm. optimize for widescreen monitors around 1440 pixels wide mm. <laughs> now <laughs> now tell us about what you found on your side oh, I, yeah. I mean we've we've had before about me babbling mm. um, to do with the browser viewport it's one of my bugbears it's one of the things I, I, I like talking about and like pushing um, and well, a year and a half ago, I published some research I'd done on my own blog because I, I, I measure in Google Analytics, I recording Google Analytics, the size of the viewport. Um, for those of you who don't know, the viewport is the bit of the browser window that you can have a web page in. Um, so minus the Chrome, the, the bit around the outside. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you haven't got a full-screen web browser, then it's, you know, it can be smaller than your screen size. And like you told me, Jacob is actually using the wrong term here. Uh, in, in the article, he's calling it browser canvas. Exactly. Resolution. He he, call, he mentions the browser viewport once, mm-hmm. but he actually uses the phrase browser canvas. And that's just wrong. The the browser canvas is is something – well, that's kind of the, the piece of paper behind the, 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 the browser. So it's yeah. you look through a, the viewport as a window onto the canvas. So the canvas exactly. can be basically infinite. Mm. It's, it, the size of that is not relevant to, yeah. web de- well, to what we're doing in all extensive purposes. It's the viewport that counts. Mm. Um, so again, lack of quality in these articles from. Um, <laughs> but no, but what I've, what I've noticed because I'm, I'm trying to, I haven't got around to doing it yet, but I'm trying to work on a blog post that talks about the, that follows up from this article and my article a year and a half ago to see what's happened to the viewport size 
since then on my blog. Mm. And I, I did some quick looking at the figures and um, even though I can see that screen size has increased. Mm. Um, the viewport size hasn't really. Um, it's got a little bit wider. Yeah. But um, what I noticed is the height has actually gone up because the height, he says remember the height, but um, the height, um, um, I, say, I normally say about 600 is what you've got to play with if you want to include, you want to make sure your call to action is on, mm. is, is on screen mm. for all laptops mm. um, because you lose an awful lot with toolbars and, and the um, tabs and, and so on. Um, but I've seen, what I've seen the increase in the height of the viewport is down to people moving, they've got 60 pixels more. And that's exactly the same amount that you gain by using Chrome instead of Firefox. Right. And that's what I see in the, also in the visitor stats that about well, quite a chunk of people have moved across to Chrome during the last year and a half. <laughs> um, so, so we, you know, as, as web developers or whatever, we've, we've gained 60 pixels thanks to Google and Chrome. Right. In the viewport. And also, I mean, if we're to believe what I'm reading all in the, all the tech magazines now is that people are abandoning the uh, stationary computer. Mm. So they're moving to portable and they're moving to tablets. Yeah, and the laptops yeah. dominate. If you look um, on price comparison websites, laptops yeah. dominate. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of laptops mm. available. Um, yet, um, you know, half the time you see designs and stuff mm. sat with um, you know, massive Mac screens that are 2,500 pixels mm. wide and so on. And you get shown designs that look fantastic mm. on, a, on basically a, a you know, home cinema system. Um, whereas, you know, your users are sat there... Um, right. with their laptops and can see like a tiny portion of it. Yeah. Um, imagine asking all these e-commerce sites and Amazon to optimize for 1440 pixels wide. I mean, that's totally insane. Madness. I mean, my, just my yeah. blog, yeah. if I optimize to 1440 wide, mm. less than 10% of my visitors would see that width. Exactly. 10%. And you, and have, I, you have a tech audience as well. <laughs> it's, 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 mm. it's crazy mm. advice from him. Uh, <laughs> It's not just poor. It's crazy advanced. Yeah, uh, so Looney Tunes advice. From uh, yeah, and off the he's off the rails completely with this one. And, <laughs> and ignore his latest advice. Um, don't optimise for 1440. Um, I'd say stick to his old one, which was optimised for, for 1024, um, well, by 768. But I wouldn't even do it as by 768. I'd do it mm. by 600. Um, and, of course, responsive. Mm. Yeah, definitely responsive, yeah. Mm, which he does mention. Mm. Um, and there's, there's the thing that make it... Make it responsive because then you deal with some of this aspect. Mm. But um, that means basically that sure it can work in 1440 pixels wide, but it should basically look the same in 1024. It, sh yeah. it should be optimized still. I, 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 for that I see one, a yeah. lot of designers uh, being <laughs> sensitive about a lot of white space around the left and right side of, mm. the, of the content area. Mm. I don't think that's a huge problem uh, personally, but if you use responsive, then you can actually avoid that as well. Mm. Oh, or center your design, so it's not as big as issue. Yeah. There's, no, um, but even if it's centered. Oh, right, so they're complaining yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, the designers complain uh -huh. about, well, there's too much space over here, too much space over there. Uh, if you mm. do a design for 1024. Yeah. And mm. it, because the designers have a widescreen uh, monitor. Yeah, <laughs> so they've got, they've got 500 yeah. pixels either side that's just sat exactly. there doing nothing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're designing for their own screen. Yes, always. Sorry, <laughs> but, you know, the, but they also they says um, he, he says that the trend's going to continue. That monitors, widescreen, widescreen monitors are continuing going to continue getting bigger. Mm. Um, but your viewport's not. I mean, when you've got uh, if you're going to up to like a, a three thousand pixel wide, you know, retina display attached to your um, laptop or your Mac or whatever it is, um, I, you're not going to use things full screen, mm. are you? Even with well. If you say Windows 8 and default to it, then you should yeah, are. exactly. Oh, God, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah. What kind of browsing experience are you going to have when all, <laughs> all these websites... You're reading, like, a 400-word yeah. article, mm. and it's got 
like five million pixels to fill and fifty inches of real estate. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I'm not looking forward to that. I'll be using my tiny viewport mm. like usual. <laughs> yeah, so think more about a viewport, people. Is basically what we're saying, uh, and don't listen to Jacob. No, don't listen to Jacob. <laughs> uh, moving on. Cue jingle. Cue jingle. <laughs> <laughs> You know I leave that in. Yeah, I know. But, but it also means that I force you to edit it now to put the jingle in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you were actually at a conference, was it last week? Yeah, uh, it was last um, Thursday. So uh, about enterprise search or was it search generally? Findability Day Okay, is what it was called. Uh, run by a um, company based here in Stockholm called yeah. Findwise. And there was one statistic that you tweeted that uh, caught everybody's eye. Was well, that was one of the like key uh, takeaways from it. Was fourteen point five percent of organizations have done user research for their enterprise search? Terrible is what you say. Is what I wrote. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was. Um, I, there was a fair few eye opening. Well, actually, no, a lot of the data that we got from the report wasn't actually that shocking. I mean, we. Oh. If you've worked with implementing um, uh, internet search engine or um, on-site search and stuff, I mean, uh, a lot of it was um, was as I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an awful lot of work to do in that area. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really neglected. Right. Um, um, fair bit of talk of big data we had as well. Um, but um, but no, just this this um, surprised me that if you've gone to the bother of having a, a project to to improve your your enterprise search, mm-hmm. um, that you you don't go to the bother of actually finding out something about your users and what they might want and what they might find useful. I thought it was frightening that just not even 15% of the... There was 170 organizations were surveyed and just 15% had bothered to research why and who and what. Yeah. You know, they're mean, just I, guessing. It's crazy. And this has come back to what we were saying in the beginning of the show. It's responsible web design. Do you care what people actually do with, with your the things you produce or, mm. or don't you care? Mm. And it, it comes down to, will we put money into actually testing? Do we think it's valuable to test? And if we don't start testing, we're not going to know. But a lot of IT people seem to not believe that mm. it's, it's going to be useful. But the same way there as in, in all other situations, start small. There are so many easy ways to actually test online and do uh, testing uh, over the net. Uh, that can be done like in a few hours. Mm. And you gain so much valuable data from very, very quick tests. Mm. Uh, and if you can <laughs> video those again and, and show them to people and get people to realize, well, look, this is a simple mistake people are mm. doing. I think, uh, I think so that's, fix it and that, let's, let's fix that and see what's happening. That was something, though, yeah. I think we, we did talk about how a lot of these new enterprise search solutions have been a lot... They're enabling you to do a lot more um, research into search phrases and, and search behavior. Right. So, so uh, responding to how people search is actually a key thing of how it works now. You know, learning itself and you know, adjusting the, the, yeah. the uh, relevance um, so that right results yeah. appear high up. But, but just this of kind of, you know, like it's with websites, going out there and, and finding out, you know, does, just the usability side of things. How does this work? Does this work? I mean, what do you wonder? What are your top tasks? Is mm. it really searching for that? Mm. It looks like you are from what you're typing in the search engine, but is that... Actually, what it's going to help you? Because mm. sometimes what, we, yeah. we don't we don't know what we see. We see someone trying to find a solution, as in they they searching for a certain thing, but their actual problem might be something quite difficult. Right, they're quite different. Yeah, and when you talk to them, you then realise, aha, so you're actually trying to do that. So searching for that is actually a, a mm. you know an <laughs> attempt at finding an answer 
Oh, you were trying to find an answer. You were not trying to find a press release. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what people fail, fail to realize is that the, the search engine project is often just as big as just the website project. Hmm. The search engine is an expensive thing to install. Then you need to also invest money in actually to maintain it exactly. and work with it over time. You need exactly. somebody who's responsible for the search engine. The search engine is something that people usually install yeah. and forget about, yeah. expecting it to work just as well as Google, who employ 100 people to just work yeah. with the first search results every day. Or they buy a Google web appliance and exactly. it's a little blue box, they put it in their yeah. rack and it's done. You, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's one of the, that was another thing we talked about at Findability Day was um, um, Martin White, who's um, Internet Focus on oh, yeah. Twitter. Um, he's, he's been working for information um, uh, and the intranets and, and well, information in general for decades. <laughs> um, and one thing he recommends is, um, well, for every, for every five um, people you have working with your content, mm. you should have one person working with site search. So normally he talks about intranets in this. Like if you've got five intranet editors, then you should have one um, intranet search editor who's maintaining it and gardening it and looking after it. Mm. Um, and what came up on Findable today was if you've got an organization of around about 10,000 employees, um, his recommendation is then that you would have that you, there's about five roles. Mm. So you should have about five people um, in your team, search team, working with mm. um, improving the quality. Uh, but there's so much because I don't uh, think any organization has that many. No, no, people. but there's so much. There's so much yeah. untapped potential because yeah. you've got so much. Again, going into the big data that came up there. Mm. I mean, big data is an awful phrase, mm. um, but there's a lot of information out there, um, in, or in there inside organizations, mm. which you could bolt together and to, to mix together yeah. to come to a, to a new bit of information, a new insight, yeah. which can help an organization and mm. save money or earn money or respond quicker. And I think. You know, even though all the talks about big data, I think one of the biggest growth potentials is in this kind of mashing up of information inside organizations and search, lift, using search to lift, to make things findable and to lift up um, knowledge and content in a different way yeah. that we never saw before. Because what is happening today is that it's been happening since I started working with the web in 96. Uh, people install a new CMS, mm. work with it a couple of years, they have 5,000 pages. Oh shit, we have too many pages, let's mm. move it down to 2,000, mm. install a new CMS. Uh, migrate, okay, three years again, mm. <laughs> 5,000 pages, oh shit, we have to install a new CMS. Mm. <laughs> Instead of handling the information, they're trying to remove the information. Mm. And basically this, the search engine couldn't be a solution to that mm. that thing that people have got stuck in, that evil circle of actually re redoing everything again and again and again, mm. make the search engine work, archive the old pages, make the search uh, easy to use, and make it find the, the relevant stuff. Mm. Yeah, a challenge we have is that um, uh, knowledge and, and people um, aren't assets on your asset sheet. Um, mm. you, their, their wages are a cost, but, but the information they, they own in their heads as part of your business mm. isn't an asset, even though it is an asset, but it's not, it's not an asset on the sheet, um, which, which means you don't need to return investment calculations for yeah. a project. Often we end up saying, well, if we implement that search engine, everyone will save one hour a week or two hours a day yeah. or whatever it is, some figure you've concocted yeah. that actually doesn't mean much because you've just guessed it anyway. Exactly. Um, <laughs> whereas, whereas actually the real benefit is in opportunities. Mm. That doing some of these things and doing it right may mean that, yeah, they can find stuff um, quicker, mm. but that mean that they can then close a deal that they couldn't have closed because yeah. they couldn't find, that information didn't exist mm. in a findable way. So you, you meant that now some sales are possible that weren't possible before. So rather Close than being deal quicker, help a client faster, 
uh, find a find a coworker faster, innovate yeah. faster, or find a relationship faster, yeah. a, a commonality, yeah. Yeah, or something that you had yeah. in common, or a new sales opportunity. Yeah. All these things that maybe were lying yeah. under the surface that yeah. were uh, not findable are lifted up. So you you maybe don't maybe maybe it takes more time, <laughs> but you've increased revenue. Yeah. You've, you've got more. You've grown. You've got yeah. you've grown your company. Um, like so so a lot of these return investment things are just <laughs> missing the point. They're they're kind of a bit half gla- glass half empty. Yeah, totally agree. So, summing up the show, uh, be more responsible, people. Uh, really make sure that you're taking into account and showing people in your organi- organization what what effect your website has on real people because that's something that mm-hmm. both the IT organization and other types of stakeholders as well usually are completely unaware, unaware of, mm. uh, which is a big problem. And ma- just making people more aware of uh, how the site is affecting other people it makes people behave in a different way mm. and makes them take more responsibility. Yeah. Responsibility. Responsible mm. web design. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's finish off with that note. Yeah. If you like okay. the show, um, uh, by all means, please go into <laughs> iTunes and give us a nice review and Beautiful. tell everyone else about it. And please get in touch with us. There's loads of ways to get in touch with us Twitter, the website. Mm. Um, my f- our phone numbers are there. Ring us. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Love to hear from you. And. Um, See you in a few weeks. <laughs> Remember to keep moving, people. See you on the other side. You've been listening to UX Podcast with freelance consultants James Royal Lawson and Per Axman. For more information or to subscribe to this podcast, visit uxpodcast.com.